year of the rat. Why does that make a lot of sense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does make sense. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Hi. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Liv Sengor. And I'm Alex Shannon. This is the Ridiculous People Podcast. That's right. And um, you can follow us mm-hmm. at a ridiculous pod on yeah. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, we're actually like kind of posting some content there. It's we like, are. I mean, I've five been, stars. I've been retweeting you and myself. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I mean, I retweeted a couple of different things. A word that have happened, I suppose. A word. Um. Oh, word. Dead ass. Deadass. Sorry, I'm not looking you in your eyeballs right now. It's okay, it's okay. I'm trying to post some Instagram. I'm making content. She's creating content for the page. I'm trying to promote my show and the podcast. While at the same time. I'm so tired. The multitasking woman. I'm so tired. Women can have it all. Wow. I don't know, though. Um, Yeah, or you could also, like, slightly explode before your show. I was literally in, like, a hoodie last night before I went on stage and, like... Yonina had to just like she's my fellow actress and yeah. she just like was like let's have some hug time and just like hugged me oh. <laughs> for like five minutes it's, while I like talked to her and like it's exhausting one of the other actors about like for sure shit that was going down and I was like I know it's not a big deal but it just feels like a big deal because I'm really tired yeah it's exhausting stuff, man. But it's going really well. Yeah, I think the show's going well. It's being well received. Yes, we got some good reviews. Yeah. Um, yeah, and everybody who's come to see it um, is either a very good liar uh, to my <laughs> face or they've enjoyed it. They're not. They're not good actors, these people. Oh, yeah. My um, mother. My mother's. She didn't like it. She wouldn't say anything that's right. to you. She'd she would be like, have... you should be very proud that you made yourself some work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Keep doing your own thing. Women, you know, we need to just... Keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something weird like that. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, she hates My it. parents <laughs> and my sister are very sweet and like very complimentary, but they, they do keep saying, um, mm. you know, this is just the beginning. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know it's a small theater. Um, but big theaters are super expensive yeah. and you need like millions of investors yeah, to, exactly. to get a big old theater. Oh my God. Um, bless you. Oh, Cat just sneeze. sneezed under oh, the table. Tiny sneeze. <laughs> Anywho. Oh. Um, by the time this comes out, I think we'll have one weekend left. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So come see the show. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 30th, 31st. And Feb Ooh, 1st. I almost said 32nd. <laughs> There's no 32nd of the month, Olivia. Mm. Very merry and birthday to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So come see it. It's called She Waits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on, the tickets are on Purple Pass. If it's, you Google yeah. She Waits, it's, Alex Shannon, right. 99 Cent Theater Co. Shewaits.com slash Purple Pass. No, it's purplepass.com slash sushi. Whoops, that's exactly <laughs> what I meant. And that's not what came out of my mouth. We're going to we didn't take build two. an entire website for the one show. Take two. Purplepass.com slash like, sushi. Leads you right to it. I, I feel like that oh was God. like a that was like a time though. When oh, yeah. like people made a website yes. for their like one show. Yeah. And then everybody was like, why are we doing this? In college, everyone made idea. websites for their they, thesis I mean, films, which is silly. That's so stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> no offense. But like, I think it's stupid that like feature films who get wide distribution have their own websites. I know. What are you gonna what go? What, what are you doing on the website? What? 
Why? I remember when Cloverfield made a website. That was fun because they were using it as like viral marketing because they didn't spend any money on marketing. They were just like, we're going to make a website and make people and think make this spooky. shit's real. Oh, like, you know, like not not really, but like, you know, some fake. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like Blair Witch kind of thing. Yeah, guerrilla marketing is one thing. Like every single film ever made having its own like dot com is like very annoying. I know. You're like midsomar.com and it's just like a still from a the still, movie. Right? Like, and it's like okay. where to see it. And it's like. Go buy it on iTunes. It I'm leads like, no. you to like fandango.com. And you're yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. Anyway. Yeah. Purplepass.com cool. slash she waits. There yeah. we go. Yay. Um, so two quick things I want to say up top before we dive into Parasite. With lots of spoilers. Exciting um, stuff. So I talked about um, The Irishman. Yes. You still haven't seen it, right? I love not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> um... So I saw it in theaters and um, I was listening to uh, and I was talking about it on this podcast that yeah. it should have been called I Hear You Paint Houses. Right. Because that was what the book was called. And yeah, I thought yeah. that was a more interesting title. And right. And they were kind of like, maybe that's a little bit more of an art house title. Blah, right. Blah. Right. Um, <clears throat> I was just listening to a podcast with Marty. Um, mm-hmm. Good old Martin Scorsese. Good old Marty. And um, Joanna Hogg, who is mm-hmm. the director of Souvenirs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I or the souvenir, not souvenirs, mm. just one, just souvenir. one souvenir. But it's part one, and then there's going to be part two. Oh, why didn't? Yeah, um, so that's cool. And I haven't seen her stuff, but apparently she's literally like one of his only like direct, direct proteges kind of thing. Um, he sort of found her when she was already establishing herself as a filmmaker, and mm. now they're like good friends, which mm-hmm. I think is really interesting. Um, it was an A24 podcast, which... Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> and he was like, the picture should have been called I Hear You Paint Houses. Oh, no way. Yeah, so it was like the studio, I guess. That I was like, see. no, it's got to be called The Irishman. Right. Which I agree with the, the marketing people yeah. from a marketing point of view. Right. But I just thought it was really interesting that he was like, the picture was not supposed to be yeah. called The Irishman. Yeah, that is interesting. Even, yeah. And they talked a lot about both of them, um, the sort of... Toll that it takes mm. um, making really personal movies mm. on a big budget. Right. And he was kind of like, I almost gave up. Oh, Apparently, wow. he was like, Raging Bull was me coming back and being like, oh, I think I can actually continue to make movies. Mm. Um, he said, after New York, New York, he was like, I don't know that I can keep doing this mm. because, like, I'm making very personal choices that, right. that feel very essential to me mm-hmm. and to my soul and to my art making and is based in my own personal experience. And sure. then I have these people waving like a check over my head essentially and being right. like, no, or like, we'll change it, do this instead. And mm-hmm. like trying to make choices for me. And he's like, it really took a toll on me and it almost mm-hmm. broke me as a, as a filmmaker. Oh, wow. And um, she was kind of like, oh, well, I'm so, I'm scared then. She's kind of like, I don't know if I want to make the jump from indie to major. And she sure. was like, you should. Right. And he was kind of like, it is worth it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really interesting mm. um, because he was actually like being very real about like how hard it, it's been emotionally mm. and how they kind of were like, your relationships don't last. <laughs> like Nothing wow. lasts yeah. except the picture. Right, <laughs> like, right. All this shit. And I was yeah. like, whoa, this is a really old school right. idea of, yeah. of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that he agreed with me. That yeah. I, I hear you paint houses is like such a good title. It's so good. It's so yeah. ominous. Yeah. And right? the people who know, know. Yeah. And the people who don't are like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was, 
He was uh, told no. Even Martin Scorsese wow. gets told no. Shit. And apparently, um, it took him a very long time to get this made. Mm. Um, nobody wanted to make it. He said, "Oh wow, for a long time," which is why he ended up going with Netflix. Mm. And um, and he he also excuse me. Um, no. He also <clears throat> was talking about how um, the de aging thing. Mm was sort of like a huge experiment mm. about like what could happen. Sure. He's gotten a lot of flack for it, um, mm. at least from people that I've mm. talked to and mm-hmm. things that I've seen online and stuff. A lot of people are like, that's ridiculous. You should have hired another younger actor. Mm. Like that's rude, essentially. Mm. Oh, mm. Um, interesting. Like, fuck you. You know, um, you're shutting out people who could be in, young people who could mm. be in your movies by doing this de-aging thing. Mm-hmm. But from the way he talked about it, it sounded like it was more him being like, oh my God, is this what cinema could do? Mm-hmm. Like, can we see what happens? And he he was saying that like in the post-production, he was like, it's crazy to see what it did because um, he was like, how, how it affected his eyes mm-hmm. was actually like, you know, bothering me. Like mm-hmm. I was like, how do we get it back to what I liked about this performance? And mm-hmm. what is it about his eyes that I need sure. for this performance? And like the idea, and then they talked about how like, age in general kind of lends a lot to a face and to Mm -hmm. a performance that wouldn't be in a younger person. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was really interesting. It, from the way that they were discussing it, it didn't sound like he's going to do it again. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? But he's like one, I think he's one of the old stalwarts. It's actually kind of like down to see. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Even though he's like Marvel pictures aren't like cinema. Right. They're fun. They're entertainment rides, but they're not like what I consider to be like classic true cinema. Sure. Right. At the same time, he's like out here trying shit. Exactly. Right. Agree to disagree with him a lot. I have a lot of respect for Martin Scorsese. I always have. I don't love his movies generally. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do really appreciate, I think he's done a lot for the industry yeah, as well. He's, he's done a lot of archival shit too. He does, do, he has done, yeah, exactly. They put a lot of money into saving old Yeah, things which is awesome. From um, just being like rotten. Well, it's literally. important to keep in mind too, like when Martin Scorsese, uh, Martin Scorsese works with this editor, Thelma Shoemaker, mm-hmm. um, in the post-production world, she's like a fucking legend. She is. And yeah. she, I mean, it, hiring a female editor back when, mm-hmm. back when, uh, he, did. when he started sure. working with Thelma was unheard of so mm-hmm. I, and i think that yeah. that was a big reason that tarantino i mean he would probably never admit he that. would never admit but it but no i think I you're think right that's probably why tarantino yeah also only ever works with female editors yeah usually yeah um i don't know who's edited his most recent ones but his yeah who did um i'm not sure who did hateful eight either but and I, oh and once upon a time no i wouldn't i don't know i don't know but he like i know i've seen a lot of interviews with him where he said that like he thinks that the role of the editor is in a weird way a very feminine yeah thing a nurturing and nurturing yeah. like role right so even if he has a male in that role now i think it was really interesting that he classified it as a nurturing feminine yeah sort of bringing you back into the fold right. kind of position exactly that's not yeah. often what it's characterized no as. no and, um, um yeah. and he she died um she did sally manke died yeah. recent mm, somewhat recently it was like, like a few couple years, years ago, ago yeah. now um but, um but yeah that's actually a good question i'm trying to look up who did once upon a time in hollywood yeah, he, was, I'm curious. he was sort of like i wouldn't trust anybody but her right she will tell me like i i, I don't really listen to anybody else. yeah <laughs> when they tell me to make my movie shorter <laughs> i don't but when she does i'm like okay let's see and they went once back and forth time. quite a lot he said they did yeah yeah, yeah. also i think he 
not to be, I don't know, maybe it's just digging a little too deep into both of their psyches, mm. but I think that they both just respond to female authority figures yeah. in a way that maybe some men don't. No, I would agree. Martin Scorsese, because he's so deeply Italian, right. and Italian families, I mean, the real disciplinarian for children, mm-hmm. I think, is often the mother. Right. Um, From what I've seen, mm-hmm. as much as the dad is like, kind of like a blustering intense presence in right. like a sort of traditional sense um in a lot of like old school italian family households i think that like the mother and son relationship is like mm-hmm. very special right similar to i think the way people characterize like jewish mother and son yeah. relationships yeah. i think it's kind of similar honestly, for, sure. for italians yeah. um black mother and son relationships as well yeah mm-hmm. and um and, I, and tarantino was raised by a single mom right oh well, weird. And, that makes a lot um, of sense and when he was very young, there right. were like it was like his mother and her like three roommates. Right. So he's always had like female authority figures. Sure. Um, um, the editor of <clears throat> uh, Django, uh, Once Upon a Time. So all the things after um, Sally, Sally died, died mm-hmm. was a guy named Fred Raskin who he did fast oh, I've and heard fe- of him. Yeah, he did. He does tons of stuff. Yeah. He did. Uh, I know he was the he was apparently the AE on. Kill Bill 1 and 2. Oh, that was scary. Whoa. It's raining very hard. And I think you're right. It is the door. It I sounds like the, the door. door for our roof is like It's like this kind of booming sound. <laughs> really like, What's I that? I thought it was like going to come through the ceiling right I know, now. right? Spooky. Yeah, it sounds like the door. So Anyhow. that's loud. Anyway, he did. He was oh, the so AE on all the stuff. So he was sort of at Sally's arm. Yeah, yeah it seems like it. And he did, he did Fast and Furious and some other stuff. Okay. Interesting. He's a guy. Anyway. He's a guy. Unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so there's that little cool. chunk of info I thought. That's really fun. Yeah. Definitely going to take a listen to that mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Guess what Alex saw? Parasite. Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. I took myself to see Parasite. Yeah. Um, first of all, like these indie movie theaters need to have longer previews. I oh, yeah count on them i like got to the theater and then it was too late for the first showing that i wanted to see so i was like okay bought my ticket for the next thing went took myself to lunch Mm. came back i literally it was like it was a 105 showing Mm -hmm. i got there at one Mm -hmm. i was like okay i went to the bathroom i went and bought popcorn and i walked into the theater i swear to god the title sequence was up oh my god i was like what in the that's ridiculous i swear to god it was like 110 and Jeez. the show was like about to start. I was like, "Oh my god, that's crazy!" What? Yeah. Um. So they were running. IFC is running a tight schedule, <laughs> and they are pumping it out. I was barely out of the theater. I was like posting on Instagram a picture of the poster, mm-hmm. and they were already letting people in for the next Jeez, show time. That's crazy. I like had barely left the theater. I was like, "What in the god's name?" Oh god. Yeah. Oh, IFC. So, lots of folks in New York are seeing it. Yeah, clearly. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where to even begin? Where to even begin? Wow. What was your um what was your general, you know, I think coming out of it, you have a much more personal relationship to the content. Yeah. This is a spoiler episode. Full spoilers. Spoiler. Sorry. So spoiler cast. You gotta hold off on this one if you haven't seen it yet. Or I don't know. 
listen in and then go see it and make your own opinions. It depends on yeah. Well, I mean, it depends, depends on, on your. How do you feel about spoilers? spoilers? I don't give a fuck. Some people right. really give a fuck. So <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I like to go in like clean slate, sure. and then I like to immediately listen to things like this. Yeah. Um, but some people don't care. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. If you don't care. Who listen. Cares? Keep stay here. <laughs> stay right where you are. <laughs> don't move. Don't turn the volume <laughs> all the way up. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I have a very personal uh, relationship with the content in that I work in someone's home. Right. Uh, right now. My money job, uh, I, <laughs> it's, I don't know, newsflash, you, you don't really make a ton of money in the theater. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so though I have a show up right now, mm-hmm. I also um, work in a family's apartment mm-hmm. um, every weekday. Mm-hmm. And I don't live with them. Right. Obviously. I live right. with Olivia. Hi. <laughs> We're recording this in our home. Um, yeah. So I work with them and I work with their children and I yeah. make them their, f- I make them food. I make mm-hmm. their children food. Um, I keep track of lots of things in the house. Right. And, um, it's not as high intensity as some people might think sure. because, you know, I'm not living there. Right. And, right. Um, I don't. I don't know. It's it's not like as many hours as one might think. Yeah. I think is another thing. But um yeah, it's very it was very weird going yeah, to work after for sure. seeing this movie last weekend. The I mean, so the for those of you who don't know, the plot is basically uh there's this family, the Kims, um, and they are not rich, they're poor, mm-hmm. and they um move uh, well, they one of them gets a job. The it's son. Place, it takes place in Korea. Yes, it takes place in Korea. Presumably Seoul. Um, mm-hmm. There's a a boy Ki Woo. His English name is Kevin, and he gets a job um, through a friend of his from school, a wealthier friend of his from yeah, school, a college mm-hmm. boy. Yeah, and, he's going to university, and he's and, taking um, a a semester abroad. Yes, and so he he passes off a tutoring job. To yes, him. right, and he um so then this. Uh, Kevin then realizes that they, you know, they need more help and they need a tutor, an art tutor for their, for young their younger son, son yeah. instead of the older. There's because there's an, a teenage daughter and a yeah. younger son in the right. rich family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they uh, so he says, oh, you know, who's really good at art? My sister. He um, doesn't say his sister, though. No, he doesn't. No, he thinks, you know, uh, she's really good at art. So he he tells basically the the mother, Mrs. Park, um, that uh, he knows this great art tutor and she's very expensive and very high demand. Mm-hmm. And his sister, um, Ki Jung or Jessica, then comes in and it becomes this whole con basically to get yeah. all four of the Kims into various roles working in this very wealthy home. Right. Um, well, and see, the thing is, like, even now, yeah. like, even plot, like, if we're talking facts. Yeah. I almost disagree with like your characterization that it's a con. Okay. Like I think that there is an element of they're hiding the fact that they're all related. Right. But they are all actually quite good at their jobs. That's very true. Like even though he hasn't gone to university, he's actually quite good at tutoring this teenage girl. Honestly, this teenage girl is mostly just trying to flirt with both of these boys. And Mm -hmm. like, it's like he, she had struck up a relationship with the previous tutor. She strikes up, she strikes up a relationship with him. She doesn't really care. Yeah. Um, and the young little 
tyke who's running around mm-hmm. like you know shooting arrows and mm-hmm. painting and screaming and stuff yeah really does take to who they call jessica right and right. she really does calm him down even though yeah. she doesn't have like you know as an art psychology degree like she right. says she right. still helps the kid and it's, it's true very good yeah. for him yeah the dad becomes the driver right for the for the other dad and like right. the mom becomes the housekeeper right. i think that like things definitely take a turn when they really yeah. push out the original that's, housekeeper so that's why i call it a con the only reason is because yeah. i'm looking at and that's what I think is so brilliant about this movie. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things about it is that there are no clear heroes and there are no clear villains. Yeah. And I think that the point of it, at least what I took out of it, is mm-hmm. that there's a sort of system that turns everybody into sort of, you know, you do what you have to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And I think that that brings out sort of bad in everybody and everything and I think that the ending of the movie yeah and the Mm -hmm. ending of the movie shows you know just like everything is plunged into despair Mm -hmm. because of this system you know and it's no one's fault you know um Mm -hmm. which I thought was I think it's very nuanced and I think it's really an interesting and bold statement to make especially in a movie yeah I think I think it is even more about like questions than statements. Yeah, definitely. You know? It is, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I obviously, <laughs> I take more one side than the other. Sure, sure. <laughs> I obviously see a lot more of the Kim family side mm-hmm. of things, um, mm-hmm. trying to scrape together work and sure. taking the work that's available to them and trying their best to like put on a, show a bit for these employers because they they ask that of them yeah these rich folks ask that you pretend in a lot of ways that Mm -hmm. you are their equal but you still know your place right um you don't cross the line yeah like the father as mr park says quite a bit right um there's a line that you don't cross but at the same time because you're being paid by them you must in some way, maintain a likability. Right. So, right. like, if they don't like you, mm-hmm. they're not going to have you in their home, even right. if you're very good at cooking right. or very good at tutoring. Your, you know, the, it's like we can find another tutor right. if we enjoy their presence more right. and we can talk to them better. And so, like, those little moments of like kind of small talk and talking about like other things, right. where they're really lying a lot or right. trying to understand and be like, yes, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. It's like the Park family is expecting something out of these people that is unfair. Sure, it's absolutely right. unfair. They're Parasitic. Like, yeah, exactly. There's no reason that they should be able to sit there and talk about like, you know, modern art with you or whatever mm-hmm. if you're paying them sure. to, you know, tutor your daughter in English. Right, right. Like, I don't know. It's just, there's, I personally have had a lot of mm. experience with that where it's like, I don't know, like, brands that you know Mm, my mm -hmm. many different employers I've nannied for other people as well and many different employers will reference brands or Mm -hmm. stores or events or experiences Mm -hmm. that are clearly out of my range of existence when it comes to how much money I'm making Mm -hmm. they know this because they pay me right but that's not on a conscious level mm-hmm. on us on an, un- yeah, you know, like right. th- they decide that that's not going to be part of how they view me because right. they, they 
feel uncomfortable right thinking that so they like the fact that like almost all of my employers they like Mm -hmm. the fact that like I was an art student and that I'm smart Mm -hmm. because then I can just sit there and I can talk to them about my opinions right right and it and play sure equal absolutely I yes absolutely I I don't have the experience like you do working with people and I would say it's very different for me but I do have experience growing up Mm -hmm. around very very wealthy people politicians and when I moved to Germany extremely I mean as wealthy as you're gonna get in Germany but um like barons and shit Mm -hmm. and I definitely feel like when I and I I would use the word con for myself as well, which mm. is interesting that I feel like I can trick people into thinking I'm a certain socioeconomic status mm-hmm. um, yeah. quite easily. And I think I know how to look expensive mm-hmm. when I have not, you right. know, right. Um, yeah. I think it was interesting with Jessica that she was sort of the one who the artist mm-hmm. was the one who was able to quote unquote fit in, yeah. at least look like she fit in. Yeah. The and easiest and the fastest and yeah. the, be- the, the best, really. And I think you know? that there's like huge historical precedent for that. That yeah. artists are almost always the people who can really jump between yeah. Yeah. social groups and echelons yeah. and really kind of traverse the spectrum right. of different kinds of people. And that's also why, like, people don't really trust artists. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know? And th- yeah. that's why I think a lot of people are like, oh, an artist, well, you'll, how are you ever, you're never going to get married. Or exactly. You're never going to find stability. And blah, yes. Blah. But I think what they're thinking subconsciously is this idea that, like, even if we don't have money, we can, we know, like you said, to look expensive. Right. We know how to look expensive. We yeah. know how to play that part. Right. And we can talk a big game. Yeah. When we need to. because. Right. We have to in right. order to get our uh, get our things funded. Right, um, it's true. We yeah, have you to have deal to s- with a lot of different people, and you're selling yourself all the time, yes. pretty much. Yes. I mean, yeah. Right? And I think I think there's something to be said about that. Like even just if we're thinking like really historically, yeah. you know, like there was always some poor painter that became the court painter you know right. or the court musician Absolutely. and there's oh you know rich people like to cultivate that yeah. sort of quote-unquote culture right by collecting a lot of times like poorer people right for sure yeah 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 give them that right you know and um it is i would say uncomfortable sometimes to oh, yeah. feel like someone's pet artist yeah, yeah. like a mm-hmm. nice plant in right. their house right kind of a thing yeah but it's like yeah they're gonna water you so you grow but it's right. like oh look at this little facet of my life that i've cultivated so carefully and it's yeah. like i'm a human being definitely you know? <laughs> i would say also in the u.s that also and this is why class and race i think are mm. parallel but not the same in mm. america mm-hmm. i think in other countries it's different but it's definitely similar with being a black person mm-hmm. where you can easily be sort of the arm candy or the like fun accessory, which does come with, I'll say it, it comes with perks. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. it, it's uncomfortable, but it's like, mm, listen, I got invited no. to something. I know why to be a token poor person or a token black person, uh-huh. but it's like, am I going to go? Yeah, I'm going to go, you know? Yeah. It's my way in the it door. Is what it is. Yeah. Right. But that's also why I, yeah, that's why I have such a hard time with like, the, the word con sure i think to even classify yourself i think that's not mm. fair mm. because the intent behind the invitation mm-hmm. is no less 
pure mm. than mm-hmm. your intent to attend. Sure. Do you know That's what I mean? I feel yeah. like there's a slime happening on either side. Sure. But at least <laughs> we are like, Yep, that's what's happening. Right. And yeah. I feel like a lot of the people who are sending out those invites yeah. or hiring people think that they are not engaging right. in that. Do you well, know what it's, I mean? It's I, interesting. It's that, it's that oblivion yes. that really bothers me. It's interesting that you alluded to it earlier too, but I think also what was really well done in this movie mm-hmm. was the naivete of the parks, yes. I think, was so overt. Yes. And I think that's true. I mean, and also I think what was interesting for me is having grown up around all these very wealthy people. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked that there was an element of compassion shown to them in this movie. Oh, definitely. You know, like, I liked that they were not, I'm going to do this a lot, sorry, but, like, comparing this movie to Joker, Mm. where Thomas Wayne was this, like, faceless, I mean, the face of this faceless company, and he was, like, the wealthy, and he was just sort of a caricature of, like, the haves and the have-nots. Well, I made something of myself, Uh uh you know? I pulled myself up by my boots. Yes, deadass, I swear he said that in the movie, and it was kind of, like... It's getting, like, very (laughs) ominous. Yeah, okay. this is much nicer. <laughs> okay, well. And it was kind of scary for a second. I know, like, we started talking about like the dark themes and like literally the sunset. Yeah. It's like, two in the afternoon. I think it just got like hella cloudy. It was like kind of cloudy and then it got like cloudy. Wow, that was really ominous. Was scary. I know. <laughs> oh my God, last week we were haunted by Tyler Perry, <laughs> who is very much alive. And today we're haunted by... C- capitalism. Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho. also very alive. <laughs> You're right. Ooh. Anyway, that was but, um, spooky. It got that spooky. was spooky. Sorry. No, Continue. no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, This is much better. Okay, so like the Thomas Wayne. Yeah, parallel. oh yeah. It was, yeah, you know what I mean? It was like a caricature of like a rich person and I was kind of like, mm, okay, you know, I don't feel anything yeah. towards him as a villain, you know, I'm not like, oh yeah. They had literally the phrase kill the rich plastered over every newspaper that they showed and I was like, yeah, I get it, but it's so basic, you know? Yeah. And I think that, I think older people are really don't understand younger people's, um, experience of and like thought process around Mm. capitalism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause like in Bushwick, you can walk outside and see a hundred stickers that say eat the rich. Yeah. Yeah, It's fun. You know, it's cheeky. Right. It doesn't, really mean yes. <laughs> that we're gonna cannibalize we're not about- <laughs> wealthy individuals yeah, we're not about to go like no. guillotine french revolution no, style like, like, like i think a lot of young people especially artists especially young people living in cities yeah. i think our engagement with capitalism does not pit us person by person against thank each you. other thank you yeah. it's pitting us against the system that yes. previous generations have built that yes. is no longer functioning. Exactly. And that's it's why it's crumbling like, from within. Yes. And yeah. that's why I feel like Parasite did so yes. much more of a nuanced job with that yes. because it was about this. It wasn't like Mr. Park is the reason I will that say, we're suffering. It yes. was like, well, and mm, he's an instrument in this whole thing. I will mm-hmm. say that that's definitely like a huge part of what I think and feel. Um, but I think the one thing that kind of got me Mm. um after watching this was like how much the parks and we'll get into the uh the basement couple Ooh, yeah yeah yeah. um (laughs) god and how much the the man who was living in the basement yes and mr kim yeah all of them were like thank you mr they're great yes i love mr park you know at least they like they're really nice yeah and i really like them right and you know what like they have good taste and like yeah um 
I mean, the man in the basement, it was a worship. It was, it was, it was definitely like even more so. And I think that that also is, you know, they're pointing exactly like the poorer you are, the more you will honestly usually like worship. Yes. A wealthy celebrity person. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Mm -hmm. that was kind of uncomfortable for me because I, I do really enjoy my relationship with my employers um usually sure yeah uh there have been like one or two very distinct exceptions where i i did not enjoy the um the parents of the children that i was working with yeah but also it is a little different when i'm mostly spending time with a child and then i have to talk to the parent here and there and it's like right okay you can you know what i mean like it's not really a big deal because i'm spending most of my time with the child yeah but um yeah there was an element of like am I partially to blame because mm. I oh, really like the way that my employers like live their life. And mm. I am also like, hmm, if I ever had money, I would, I would maybe do this too. Like the way that right. they're doing certain things or the things that they're buying or spending money on. And I'm just kind of like, I like, I look up to them in some ways. Sure. And it's just right. kind of like, is that, problematic no you know like like, definitely maybe i shouldn't and no i'm just kidding myself also because i thinking that you're gonna because sort of well not even that i'm gonna you know because my goals are so different like i money has never been a part of my goal Mm -hmm. like in my life ever Uh it's it's always been about um if it's if it's about acquiring money it's about acquiring money for my project sure it has nothing to do with gaining personal honestly Mm -hmm. i would stay in this apartment in that small room Mm -hmm. for like the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but the idea that like, if I, I like them personally is because I am so sort of deep into, I need them to like me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that will be a lot easier if I like them Mm -hmm. and I'm framing it in a certain way in my head that we're all okay with all of this Mm -hmm. for certain reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, it's really complicated. It's kind yeah. of a mind fuck. It is complicated. I mean, I would argue, I think that the, in, the movie also does present like, yeah, Mrs. Park is really nice. And like, yeah, a kind person for the most part, you know what I mean? Like, right. But then when push comes to shove, it's like, I don't care that your daughter's bleeding out. My son is sick. Sure. But I would My argue. My son takes precedent over your son. I would argue, you know, would that be different for my parents? I if know. I were bleeding out, would they? take right. me over some other kid that's bleeding out right. i would argue probably yeah that's you fair. know um i would say I, I think yeah i agree i think one of the things that really got me about the ending was the sort of demonization of the aspiration i know for me personally what's really integral for me and what i really want is financial independence mm-hmm. and that does require a certain accumulation of wealth. I don't have to be rich. I don't have to buy that house, Mm -hmm. but it is really important to me that I can fully take care of myself and that I don't rely on anybody for money ever, you know? Yeah. I mean, me too. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I sort of see it as like, if I can pay my bills, I'm good. Sure. Right. And I think I see it similarly. It's just a little bit more. And it's just also how I was raised, raised, you know, where my parents were sort of like at a certain point, like, okay, we're not, you're, we're not giving you any money, you know? Mm -hmm. And I want, I not only want to be independent, I want cushion, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, 
I know that about myself it's and more I know of a goal for you. And that's, not, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't think that that's a bad thing, but I mean, you know, here's like, I mean, my, my parents didn't pay any of my bills either. And they were sure. also like, bye, you went to college. See you, you know, like here's, you know, 20 bucks here and there or like, mm-hmm. Oh, here's some food that will send you like in a care package. Here's mm-hmm. like a thing of peanut butter or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like in general, I think that it's just, yeah, I think that like you can have different goals and you can have different ideas of like what being quote unquote successful means. Sure, right. Um, and I think that that, I don't know. Yeah. I think that like wanting to be wealthy is like a little bit demonized right. in some of these movies. But I think in this one it was, it was very like, it, I don't think I don't know I don't think mm. that it was vilified in this I think not, that it yeah really wasn't. I guess demonize is the wrong word because, but it was because sort that, of like, that note that he wrote to his father yeah yeah so, yeah it made me weep and yeah. I think that yeah. it is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful yeah. an idea the yeah. the the metaphor of that the symbolism mm-hmm. of that of being able to you know in a way like out earn yeah. your parents right or, right you know become this sort of version of of yourself that they wanted for themselves that right. they couldn't achieve and lifting them out of poverty yeah, is yeah. a huge dream in yeah, this country and right. in many countries that's you true. know that's um, very true and i don't think that that's a bad thing i think the bad thing is how nearly impossible it is exactly fun fact the song that plays over that <laughs> note is bad. called Turn me phone off right now turn the podcast off before she says this it's called 564 years and that's they did the math that's how long it would take for ki jung to uh not ki ki woo to save up enough money to buy that house 564 years that's the worst story i ever heard yeah you know it's so sad Okay, let's go back to the notes before I Yeah, start we wrote crying. all these notes. We actually wrote notes. Like, we did homework. Isn't that crazy? Are you guys proud of us? You're welcome. Tweet me. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so... Oh, this, like, we'll talk about the basement, the sub-basement. Oh, yeah, okay, so there's this whole other added layer yes. of the original so, oh my God. It was, housekeeper. Uh, it's so brilliant. Well, it's can really we good. start with the semi-basement? Because the oh, yeah. whole thing was that the... Oh, this family, is another Kim thing family. that I loved about this movie so that good. in comparison to Joker, too black and white. And I love that this had shades of gray in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... It, they, they, the family, the Kims live yep. in a semi-basement. Yes. So what's great about that is in, in the way that they frame it and shoot it is that they're half below ground in a basement and That's half, true. but just enough to, they have a window, right? They have a window that is like ground level. Exactly. Yeah. So they can see outside. So good. Right? Yeah. Oh, brilliant, right? The visuals. Semi-basement, which I think is such a great uh, uh, meta- visual metaphor for the middle class. You yeah, know? it's the sinking middle class. Yes. It's, they are not living in abject poverty. Right. But they are folding pizza boxes for money. In the exactly. Of the and I think, but I mean, that's what the middle, that's the yeah. what the middle class has become now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And such a great visualization of that. And then, and what's wild is I feel like I spend the first half of the movie, everyone, I mean, I think. That's the point. But you spend the first half of the movie being like, oh, my God, these people are so poor. Like, right. oh, my God. Yes. And then all of a sudden you go into this fucking bunker that they built in case like North Korea attacks, okay. which yeah. is so another level the, of like, oh, in shit. The, in the fancy house, in the really lovely house. Yeah. The housekeeper mm-hmm. um, that is introduced in the very beginning yeah. has been there since the architect built it. Yeah. And so she was the previous owner's mm-hmm. uh, housekeeper. And then yeah. he moved away or he died or something. Yeah, I think he died. He died. Yeah. And then yeah. when they were selling it, she 
like kind of came with the house. Right. She was like, I know this house better than anyone. Right. I'll be your housekeeper. And they're like, great. Fabulous. Yeah, and right. um, she's just like this little lady that's, you know, a little, yeah. a little nosy for what the Kims are trying to do. Right. But at the same time, they're like, she's, you know, she's a good housekeeper or whatever. Yeah. Um, Mr. Kim makes a really interesting observation in the beginning that oh, you yes. think is going to be nothing, but you, you, you think, think it's, it's like a, a fat joke, yes. which is so fucked up. But he's like, yeah, she's like, she's lovely. She's great. We love her. She eats too much but you know it is what she it is like sometimes like, she eats for two something yeah it was after she got fired right that's true it that's was when after they she said got fired. that's when he goes like you know i'm gonna miss her i loved her ribs yeah. you know the only thing she never crossed the line she never crossed the, the line only thing yeah. was that she could really she could eat, eat for two. two yeah and it feels like she's yeah. just like jabbing her for being a little bit of a plumper woman, or for being which is like, or for being like wanting too much right exactly as like a yeah, yeah as yeah. like a a servant right <laughs> genuinely because she yeah she, she lives with yeah she living. actually i don't know oh no did. she didn't live in that's a good Mm-mm. point because she didn't live in. because mrs kim didn't live that's true but she was there yeah. like beginning the of the time. day yeah. end of the day like she was there all day yeah. every day yeah um but and so, then, so after they push her out so they push her out yeah they like use peach fuzz to like make her sick and then they, yeah. they like elaborately <laughs> convince mrs park she has <laughs> tuberculosis <TV. laughs> That sequence is so great too. It's really funny. That sequence is also a masterclass in like the writing and editing of the parallel action. Yes, like people going pacing, up and down and like up and down stairs. Yeah, and like oh, oh my so god, and like seeing them squirt the hot sauce on the pizza while they're coming up with the plan, yeah. and then him, he squirts hot sauce on the napkin when looks he, like blood when he pulls it out of the trash can. Just looks through like oh no, it's so funny. It's too. so dramatic. It's, it's like so over dramatic. Yeah, and like it's I think a really. I, the way that he shot it, I thought was really brilliant because he wants you to stay yeah. on the Kim's team. Yes. He goes like, okay, okay, hear me out. Yeah. They're going to really endanger this woman. Right. <laughs> it's true. But I want you to yeah, stick she's with like them. Definitely allergic yeah, to the she's definitely allergic to Yeah, she's definitely allergic to peaches and they're just like throwing peaches <laughs> at her and shit. Like literally dumping peach fuzz on her it's shoulder. So true. And it's like, <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like he, he really... He really crafted that section. Yeah, he really you did. Really, you really could have lost you. He could have. Really you could have lost you. That's yeah, very yeah. true. But they don't. Um, but he didn't. It's also bullshit. Humor doesn't translate. I thought that whole sequence. It was, was funny. So funny. The entire movie was of funny. It was a funny yeah. thriller. Yeah. Like political commentary. Yeah. yeah. Societal commentary. Yeah. Masterclass. Yeah. I mean, uh, people are no. Dumb. Anybody who says that is about. truly wrong. Yeah. They've never seen a funny foreign not foreign movies you know yeah i yeah i don't know what people are talking about um (laughs) um so once they push out the housekeeper she comes back when the family is about to go camping they just left to go camping like that afternoon for the son's birthday Mm -hmm. um and then the family's getting drunk yeah. The Kim family yeah. is getting drunk in their living room yeah. and being like, we're going to play rich kind yeah. of. And um, Jessica eats the dog treats. And then she's like, they're, they're like, this is for dogs. She's like, are you kidding? They're so good. Yeah, <laughs> like, she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. These are for dogs. Yeah. It was so funny, which is like, yeah, that's, Such a gr- uh, that's, that's so another funny. great little tiny bit of a commentary. It's yeah. Funny. Where it's like extra organic yeah. dog food. Yeah. And she's like eating. And she's like, this is it's fucking like, good. Jerky. Um, yeah. It's, cause it's, just, <laughs> it's just beef jerky or something. <laughs> It's really funny. But um yeah, then the housekeeper kind of like comes back yeah. in and she immediately pushes her way down to the food cellar mm-hmm. where we find that she has <laughs> been hiding her husband yeah. in a secret bunker basement yeah. for years. Yeah. Because he's wanted by loan sharks mm-hmm. and 
now we see the abysmal poor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we are literally plunged into the abyss of true poverty. Yeah, exactly. That they will, because she comes back with bruises and cuts on her face and a a black eye. And it's clear that she's been like beaten up by these loan shark people. Um, And the idea being like, she's no longer under that protective umbrella of this family. And she's not making that money anymore. And she's not able to come back and feed her husband. And like take care of him in this basement so so it's like yeah it really is and it changes like the tone of the movie and it happens so suddenly and I thought it was interesting and two things that I think are really interesting first being that I thought the reaction of the Kims was very fascinating because they are immediately like especially well Mrs. Kim is the one who's there reacting but like horrified and she's um, disgusted like she's like oh my god that's this is horrifying i'm i will get say, out it is really scary when she first Holy goes shit. down in that basement and she yeah bottle feeds her husband yo she literally has a yes. bottle full of milk and she starts feeding him like a baby it's and he's really on a cot. scary it's spooky as yes hell. right and they're in this fucking <laughs> bunker like, and you're like what the fuck right <laughs> right yeah, and it's like you can tell he's been living there for years yeah yeah, exactly. the way that it's set up, right? It's really beautifully production designed. It's like, in, yeah, and just the way know. things are tacked up on the walls, and like every there's a bunch of little trinkets here and there, nicks and yeah. crannies. It's like this has not been no for a couple months, right? You know what I mean? Like, and it was the whole thing. There was a thing about a uh, the young boy, uh, the the young park boy had seen a ghost a few years ago. Yes, well, she said he he had an incident. He had, yeah, that's true. And he had then an once you find out that this man is living in the basement, yeah, she realize. admits to Jessica yeah. that he saw a ghost on his birthday. Yeah, and that's why they are going camping right. and leaving the house for his birthday. Right, right. And it was it's this man. Yeah, that he, so he saw scary. in the basement. And he's so scary looking. He was so scary. Oh my god, that, that shot. He, ooh, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it's just his face in the dark, god. and he's like, his head just kind of emerges on the steps, the way that like he just it looks like he's floating, and his right. eyes are just yeah. so big and wide and bright, right. and like the kid is like eating cake out of the fridge, like he's not <sighs> yeah, supposed to. Exactly in the middle of the and night, and he sees yeah. the ghost and just like literally has a seizure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh my God, terrifying. But I thought that that was another really great moment and and great sort of bit of, a bit of meta commentary was that like for the parks, Mm -hmm. these people who are in poverty, poverty are unseen and they would like them to be unseen on a subconscious level but they're haunting to them yes exactly it's it's disgusting and so uncomfortable and scared yeah Yeah. it's scary absolutely it's it may as well be supernatural these other people are so scary right and not human yeah non-subhuman unseen and whereas to the part uh the kims you know it's much easier at least now it didn't used to be but it's much uh the, the the middle if you're in the middle class mm-hmm. you are more likely to be plunged into poverty than you are to accumulate wealth now today Ugh. in the west yeah. and i guess this isn't technically the west but no in it's a not capitalist, i know right in, yeah right in systems similar to the western sure. systems um this is changed apparently in the past. I didn't write down how many years, but in the past, some probably amount of years, 20, probably 20, a right? generation or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is new. And, you know, judging by what happens ultimately mm-hmm. when Mr. Kim ends up stabbing Mr. Park in the very end. Mm-hmm. And he is now 
plunged, sent, plunged into, into the, the basement. The, yeah. I mean, the whole family is, you know, it, we can talk about the rainstorm scene too. I mean, mm. another really beautiful moment of yeah. like the differences between what happens when it rains for the parks. It's like, oh, it ruins their camping trip. You know, they have to go home. Right. But then it clears the skies of all the pollution and it makes this beautiful day for a birthday party. You know, mm-hmm. it's a minor inconvenience that ultimately is even better for them. Yeah. Whereas the Kims, because they live in the semi-basement, everything floods and there's this horrifying and really kind of just beautifully done scene where their toilet is like spewing just like sewage black and, sewage. and jessica comes in and she lets like a lights a cigarette and sits on it she sit, sits yeah, on the she, toilet she shuts the lid yeah. to try to stop it from coming up and sits on the toilet and, and just tries to smoke smokes a cigarette. cigarette and just kind of in total she's just completely dejected yeah it's interesting to see what they saved too when their apartment was flooding like mm-hmm. um you know, he, Mr. Kim got his wife's Olympic medal. His wife was in the Olympics, yeah. you know, and he saved that, you right. know, and like Jessica got her cigarettes and uh, uh, Kiwu got his um, scholar rock. rock, you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah. And then they go to a homeless shelter and then that's when the parks are like, we're having a birthday party. Come. I know it's your day off, you know, and yeah. like. And they're like, we're paying you, so yeah. come. There's a great parallel shot of Mrs. Park um, going through her giant walk-in closet yeah. that's like as big, as, bigger than probably any room in this apartment, mm-hmm. and versus Jessica looking through clothes at in this pile right. at the shelter. You know. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, it's that that scene was so hard. Um, yeah. Because it is. It comes directly like when they go back to the semi-basement and see how much it's flooded from this rainstorm that scene comes directly after they've just discovered this man in the basement there is physical tussle they are both they're fighting they're fighting tooth and nail this um this couple and then this family both are like you've been lying to the parks exactly like immediately to descend into like violence on each other yes yes rather oh than my God. being like okay well let's work together to make sure that all of these things keep happening right why, why exactly not? You exactly know, can no, we keep all of point. these things running and keep all of this mm-hmm. together and you know the kim family seems to kind of come to that yeah. um yeah once because they were all also very drunk that night that's true which is another like aspect of it but i think that like during then the day of the party and after they've seen their house flooded yeah they go we should really talk to them in the basement it yeah it doesn't have to be like this it's true you know and i mean i would argue i mean the thing is too like they don't know it at the moment but like there's a moment where the housekeeper is old housekeeper is trying to run up the stairs and mrs park kind of just kicks her back down there not mrs park mrs kim mrs kim that's what i mean mm-hmm. mrs kim just kind of kicks her back down there she and does. she Gets it. I mean, she hits her. She head. hits her head. That's, it's yeah. That's the beginning really, of her death. They like, do her very dirty. Yeah. <laughs> in like right. This, yeah. And then you're right. And then it is and so they interesting go, that they're like, shit. We should have. We, we should talk to them we after. Talk to them yeah. After the fact. You're 100 um, percent right. Yeah. And then it's just too late. Yeah. Because then, um, you know, Kiwu goes down. Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin goes down <laughs> to give them some food and to just be like, listen, you know, like let's, you know smooth this over and obviously with her head injury going on and everything the husband down in the basement is absolutely livid yeah and he kills him yeah um well tries to no he does 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, he drops the... He thinks he does. Yeah. He drops the scholar rock on his head. Multiple times. Yeah. After trying to strangle him with a wire. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, he's coming for him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I think that... uh, I thought that the scholar rock was really... Is a really interesting metaphor that... Because he, when he receives it, he goes, it's, so it's me- such a metaphor. Yeah. He keeps saying it over and over. It's God, so what funny. a metaphor. Yeah. And um, I thought it was interesting, too, that he said, oh, it's a great, um, this is like a great symbol of wealth. Right. And yeah. the Mrs. Park yeah. later says that having a ghost in the house is a great symbol That's of true. wealth. That's true. Right, right, and right. And she goes... And the money's been very good. Right. You know, um, referencing the man that's literally hiding in their basement. Right. Uh, Yeah. Which also, LOL, like, yes, there are many, many accounts of people living in people's walls. Wild. In their attics, in their basements. Mm -hmm. And people think that there's a ghost. Right. Right. They see them. And they. Yeah. They'd rather think that there was a ghost than perhaps someone who needed shelter. Word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living in this house. Right, right. Um, there's like many more accounts of that than I yeah. ever thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like a very true thing mm-hmm. that definitely plunges this into the thriller right. category. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought was like such, this was the best take right. on it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. Like the people living in the fucking walls and basements and stuff, it's like, Ugh, some vagrant and then they murder the family. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, that's not true. He doesn't want to murder the family. No. He wants to murder the Kims. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? He doesn't want to murder Mr. Park. He no. loves Mr. Park. He, yeah. Yeah. So thank 100%. you, Mr. Park. You know? Yeah. Um, the Parks think that their entrance hall lights are sensor based yeah. and that they turn on when he walks up, when the, when you walk up the stairs right. because there there's a sensor. Yeah. What they don't know is that actually the man in the basement turns it on. Yeah. Um, and when he's tied up, he turns it on with his forehead. Yeah, he smashes his yeah. head into the wall to turn on each light yeah. manually. Yeah, um, and he's sending Morse code. And he's, all he the tries men, to send Morse right. code. All the Korean men of a certain age fought in the war that we started. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yikes! That was a moment too. The they younger, kept talking about the and army. The younger, and it's like, fuck. and the younger boys know because of Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts. Yeah, mm-hmm. the youngest. Uh, the youngest and, little boy. And uh, well. Kiwu was, was he in the war or was he in the Boy Scouts? He was in the Boy Scouts. He was I in the think. Boy Scouts. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. He was he was young. too young. Yeah, to be yeah the Tudor boy. Yeah. Um, but I thought that the metaphor of the rock kind yeah. of for me it felt like because he said it keeps like coming back to me, it keeps finding yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I just really felt like that was kind of like, I don't know. For me, it seemed like a metaphor of like the heaviness, mm-hmm. the stigma of being poor. Yeah. It's not just right. about the logistics of it. Like yeah. it is in some moments. Right. But also just that, like the burden of the like identity yeah. in and of itself of like, I am a poor person. Right. You know what right. I mean? I think that that is something that like he had to carry around with him Definitely. and yeah. it really damaged his sense of self. Yeah. Um, by the end he was asking yeah, the when he was girl, asking, like oh, yeah. the daughter, he was like, do I fit in here? And it was like really eating daughter. at him, you know? Yeah. He said, do I fit in here? And my favorite was that her look at him yeah. was just like, what? Right. Like she's never once thought about how he feels. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause she's yeah. only ever seen him. Right. In the here, context of right. her own home. Yeah. So she's like, fit in. What are you talking about? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he doesn't really exist for her. No. Outside Ab- of those walls. Absolutely. You know, yeah. he only exists for like 
her entertainment. Right. In yeah. a lot of ways. Like, I think that there there's some element of like, ew, it's gross. She's a younger mm-hmm. girl. Yeah. That like both of these like college age tutor boys yeah, were like, right. once she graduates, I'm going yes. to ask yeah, out right. officially. Both of them say that. But it's like, I think that she's playing the fucking game. Like, she's like, I don't know. I think in a way she's kind of playing them. Sure. Right. You know, she's like, I'm going to get my like I'm going to learn some stuff and I'm going to make out with a boy. Right. And this yeah. is the way I can do that. But and still like make my parents happy. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. Definitely. Because I didn't think I would. I don't know. I didn't think that I would be down with that because I was kind of like, ew, she's so young. But then sure. I was kind of like, oh, wait, she's actually out here. <laughs> no. She's yeah. Like, yep. This is what we're doing. Like, yeah, I agree. You know, Definitely. like it was fulfilling for her right some sort of like like fantasy or some just sort of like necessary teenage angst or want to date or whatever right and she's like being forced to study instead and so she's like okay well i'll just mess around with my tutor yeah right (laughs) you know and it it doesn't ever they don't ever imply that they like fuck no you know it's like it seems like they make out yeah they have like hot and heavy makeout sessions yeah with all the clothes on yeah you know what i mean definitely and it's like that's all it is yeah um, but yeah, in a lot of ways, she's like a lot more sophisticated than him. Yeah. He yeah. What the fuck's going on. Right. Um, yeah, just, wow. What a wild movie. There's so much to look into and there's so much to sort of dig into. And I think that's I know. really great. Let me look back at my notes. Um, yeah. What about like visually you want to Yeah. Like, and let's discuss, like wrap it up yeah. and by saying like just some of the like visual language in the yeah. movie that I think really deserves some recognition yeah yeah we both are obsessed with the the way that he used the shots on the stairs yes the shots of people ascending and descending yes. the stairs so, so metaphorical yeah well. um there's a lot of vertical camera movement which mm-hmm. is interesting in comparison bong joon ho also made Snowpiercer, right. which is which is horizontal. completely horizontal um True. i also there's i made a list of other stairway movies the way i put it's movies about class that involve staircases oh interesting um there's one upstairs downstairs which is british Mm -hmm. and it's it's a show uh similar to downton abbey but Mm -hmm. from the 70s i don't know it's old okay um there was a movie called high rise in 2015 that was also british Mm -hmm. that was about it was this giant sort of industrial high rise that was a metaphor for Mm -hmm. the class system hg wells um wrote a novel that they made into a movie i didn't read the book um what the fuck get off the table the cat just jumped into the middle of our thing wow um the, <laughs> done let's go let's wrap this up let's go let's go it's like guys okay um there's a the time machine where it's uh the classes live on these two stratospheres and they've mm-hmm. evolved into two different species okay and then us right? is kind of a stairway us. movie Up, upstairs downstairs for sure if you can think of any more stairway movies let me know because i had fun <laughs> making this list <laughs> amazing um and the I, parks never look down yeah no they don't yeah yeah i i thought that that was i was gonna talk about the way that the actors all moved was extremely specific um the rich kids and parents sort of shuffle about kind of lazily Mm -hmm. um even though they're dressed really nicely they have really nice posture they kind of walk very slowly they kind of saunter word they recline quite a bit even when they're sitting at the table they kind of like you know slump and put their feet up and she puts her feet up in the car she takes her shoes off puts her feet up has the you know window down they're all kind of like um 
Yeah, they so they have like good posture, but only when they yeah. feel like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Kim family sort of scurries and hunches and like they run quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they mm-hmm. like really go like move around very quickly. And right. the husband in the basement literally claw, like crawls on his hands. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite often. That's so true. Um, which I think is really interesting. Um, I thought that those were all like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. specific choices for and, sure like beautifully done yeah um the cast was amazing yeah they won the sag ensemble which was surprising but very great but i don't so think good. i don't think it's surprising though i really think that other actors value other actors more than sure. other people value actors no that's fair <laughs> you know that's fair I, mean? I i just think the idea that they'd give it to a movie I mean, my only point is that it was a, it was a movie a in a different language movie. that's yeah. my big thing well I'm, he i mean he's really broken mm-hmm. through the barrier yeah he, he really, really has it's um, awesome uh i really loved the shot of the cake appearing on the floor when she's yeah. talking about it in the memory yeah um especially since we're about to talk about ghosts in right. that moment like the fact that this just like appears out of yeah. nowhere and it brings you right into that memory i thought was so gorgeous um the aerial shot of kai tech after mr kim after he yes. stabs yes. mr park yeah um when mm-hmm. we find out what has happened to him and that yeah. he's gone down into that basement Yo. Um, yeah. the shot of him running down the stairs is completely aerial. Right, right. Which is so interesting because you're mm-hmm. watching him descend. Yo, yeah, yeah. He's really like he's literally going down in like a, almost a spiral, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then there's also this one shot that reminded me a lot of the departed. Oh, actually. Interesting. Um, there's a shot in the departed in the police precinct mm-hmm. where it's just two men having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I remember it because I put it on my Instagram story because I laughed out loud when I saw it. Cause I was like, there's no need. It goes so hard. The cinematography, mm-hmm. but it like the camera swivels around the men's heads. Oh, oh yeah. Like, almost oh, yeah, yeah, almost yeah. 360. I remember that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. During the conversation. <laughs> and he, I think Bong Joon-ho does it dare I say better yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's not over the top and not like why is this happening but, I remember um, hearing you watching this movie from my room department. and when that happened you went whoa or something like that like you weren't that why Christopher walking about it but like why are you doing that like, friend <laughs> you didn't need to go that hard yeah there was, there's one shot. where there's like he definitely used a crane in a conference room you know what I mean I'm like what the fuck yo yeah what yeah, are yeah. you doing man why I don't know it was very funny um I mean, it's, it's dramatic. It is it's interesting. Dramatic, yeah. It's fun. I think sometimes Scorsese, I think that's why I find his stuff, even though I don't maybe agree with the script sure. a lot of times, right. um, where I go like, this movie's about a snitch. I don't really like Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, I feel like he does stuff sometimes because he was like, why not? Right. You know, I think there's some moments of him being like, let's try it. Yeah. You know, um, but Bong Joon-ho does that um, around Mrs. Park's head mm-hmm. when Jessica, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kai Jung first says, like, did your son have something troubling happen to him about a year ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or whatever. And she right. goes, <gasps> and yeah, the camera oh. spins around the woman's yeah. head. Right. And it's a great way to be like, remember this. Right. In right. a way that is not, in a way that's like beautiful and yeah. interesting and evocative and isn't just a hold the camera on her shoving this <laughs> yeah. tissue in her pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, the way yeah. that people do where it's like, that's a clue. A and you know, because close up of you like, know, ooh. because there's a, yeah, there's an extreme close up of somebody throwing something in the garbage and the yeah. camera stays on the garbage. <laughs> and you're like, well, I guess that was important. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that shouldn't have ended up in the trash. Right. Where, so I thought that that was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that that camera movement was like, 
helping tell the story, mm-hmm. but also a little bit of a flourish. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Oh my God, I yeah. remember that. That's, yeah. yeah. That's a good moment. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Moment. Um, I am really sad that Kai Jong was the one who died. She oh, got yeah. I know, right? I got really sad because the man from the basement comes up in the middle of the party just to yeah. finish up our plot retelling yeah, comes yeah, up yeah. in the middle of the party with a knife after he thinks he's killed Kevin yeah. he stabs Jessica in the chest because yeah. she has the birthday cake yeah. for the young kid yeah. um, it's terrible it's awful yeah um, Mr. Kim kills that man yeah. obviously because he stabbed his daughter and then the son the young son of the of the Park family yeah. has a has a seizure and yeah. they're trying to rush him to the hospital. And at first they asked Mr. Kim to drive them, yeah. which I think is absolutely insane that yeah. he wouldn't, but also they don't know that that's his daughter. Right. Right. But still it's like, there's yeah. a woman bleeding out. Like everybody get in the car. Let's all go to the hospital. Right. No, that's but they're true. like, fuck yeah. her. Bye. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, after she was important enough to them to be carrying the birthday cake. For it's true. Son. Right. You know, right. it's just, uh, it's crazy, but in that scene, I thought, I mean, the whole movie, they had interesting native American themes. homages oh, yes. and themes uh-huh. too. But one of the things I thought was really interesting about that scene in particular mm-hmm. was a, I think it was a sort of, this happens a lot. I think this happens in this country too, but it's a lot of like the wealthy slash the colonizer sort of taking the plight of the native Americans, which like, lest we forget yeah. these people were eradicated mm-hmm. systematically and making it sort of like a, a show, yeah. you know, like they a were like, yeah, they were like, okay, costume. so we're going to put on this costume and we're going to jump out and mm-hmm. attack just like, that was the whole right. plot. And when this has been going on for the whole thing, the young son had this, this fascination with native Americans yes. and he, uh, Mr. Kim says something, I don't remember what he says, but it implies like, this is we were really doing this, huh? Like yeah. some doubt yeah. about what they're doing. Yes. And then um, Mr. Kim, that's crossing the line for Mr. Kim, right. uh, Mr. Park. And he kind of says like, think of this as part of your job. Yeah. He says, we're paying you today. We're yeah. paying you extra. Yeah. This is part of your job. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, which I thought was also really interesting. That's also a thing. I think that um, I've been roped into going mm-hmm. to children's events mm-hmm. that was not during you know my hours of operation or right. whatever and right. it's like well come to the thing and it's like okay right and i guess i guess i'm gonna take time out of my day to go to this thing that's in like yeah i don't know it's this whole like i'm paying you yeah. but nurture and be there for my children for in sure, a way that right. is like sort of how I'm supposed to right. be there for them. Exactly. But you do it too. Right. But I'll pay you. Don't it's worry. like a job, but it's like, oh, this is a fun event too. Right. And I would, the kids don't know that they're, no. you're being paid to be there for them. Right. Which is also it's kind weird. of hard. Yeah. yeah. And weird and strange. Um, I would argue, I mean, in a movie that's not about race because it's not taking place in the United States, mm-hmm. um, I think it was also really interesting and that's simply something that speaks to me where it's when you're in certain spaces, you can say things, you can say like, that's not okay, mm-hmm. but you really can't. You really can't. They're, they're, no, that's like, you're, we're you... not being, especially in when you're being paid to be in a place, right. it's like, nope, you don't, you can, this is part of your job. We're not paying you to be. We're not paying you for your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which was also interesting. We're paying you for your participation. Exactly. But it's like, oh, I'm supposed to leave my brain at the door? Exactly. You know, yeah. Which was such a great moment, I think, in a movie, again, in a movie that does not take place in the United States to have that nuanced of a take on something like Native American plight. It was like, wow, 
This guy yeah. knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, one more comparison, Joker. Fucking Joker. I just think. <laughs> Still haven't seen it. It's okay. Don't. I Listen, I've gotten into some things about this. I don't think you're a bad person if you like Joker. I don't give a fuck what movies you like and what movies you don't. Again, mm-hmm. my favorite movie is A Clockwork Orange. I'm not trying to high road yeah. you here, right? I'm just saying, I think, especially when we're talking about the movies that came out this year and we're talking about class struggle, I just think Joker isn't the best movie to illustrate the class struggle. Mm-hmm. I think it was made very clear in Joker that he was apolitical, that he's a, you I mean, he's a murderous, I'm crazy person. Yeah. They frame his M as a person with mental problems. Yeah. He says that he's apolitical. And I think it's this whole thing about violent revolution. I think if it was taken as a cautionary tale, it would be different. Yeah. You know, I think my issue with classifying it as this big movie about class struggle is that I don't think that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, and I think when you're looking at movies about class struggle, if you're looking for something that is really interesting and nuanced and presents a really sort of well thought through take on Mm -hmm. it, Parasite's the movie that you're going to want. That's my only point with the comparison and not comparing like which movie is the best. I don't care. You know, I'm saying when it comes to this. Mm -hmm aspect of him and you also know? fuck that if you liked parasite better you can say i think parasite is a better movie right because that's my opinion right exactly and that is as my an, opinion as an audience right. member right my opinion is i don't even want to see the joker right i right. don't care yeah i don't care and that's cool and I, too and it's I find fine that too almost everyone that is like i loved the joker is like kind of annoying about it yeah and like intense yeah that's and i'm true. kind of like Okay, that makes me want to watch it less. Right, right. <laughs> like, I just I guess, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, all right, whatever. Because like, I've said a couple like times, if you want, but pe- when I when whatever. I bring up that, like, oh, I think actually they'll be talking about, oh, the Joker's this great class mm-hmm. movie, and I'll be like, I actually think Parasite is a really interesting one. Then I feel like I just get a lot of pushback. So that's why I'm saying this on the podcast, and I'm going to refer everyone to the podcast well, from now on. Well, people don't like it when you that's say all I'm there's saying. a movie about some white guy and like, oh, maybe there's a different story being yeah. told in a better way that sure. isn't just two white guys right. screaming. Right. People don't like to hear that. Yeah, clearly they people don't. People don't like to hear it. I don't want to fight with y'all. Like, I'm just trying to of say. Of course, it's like a whole other fucking thing because it's got Batman IP. People have that's their true. own that's true. Like, attachments to that's Batman and the Joker as a as a character and as this character that's evolved and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, that's its own whole fucking thing. Yeah, that's very true. and tell me it's like such an interesting political commentary. No, it's no. fucking not right. compared to Thank other you. shit that's yeah. being literally birthed from right. pure imagination, pure like interest in what's yeah. going on metaphor yeah. it's like exactly this is a movie that is deeply original yes yeah exactly the joker is not no it's like, adapted how many people have fucking played the joker before this a hundred yeah like i don't know what to tell you yeah um kind of touching on that if we do like a very mini internet junk drawer yeah um i actually have a really good one <laughs> uh okay well yeah let's do an internet junk drawer then a full hey. So I want to talk about uh, briefly the controversy around American dirt. Oh, yeah. This is a huge thing that I have witnessed go down mostly on Twitter. Right. Um, But it has it has happened in publications as well. Right. Um, There were two huge warring um, like initial reviews that right. were done by some pretty like heavy hitters. Right. Um, they were both written by women as well. Um, mm-hmm. And one of them was 
pro-American dirt and one right. of them is very anti-American dirt. Right. And um, I'm going to say that mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at pictures of the publishing party that they yeah. had mm-hmm. in which cinder blocks with barbed wire and oh, flowers were on the tables oh, no. as decor for um, what is supposed to be a migrant story right. of people struggling to cross the border from Mexico mm-hmm. into the United States and trying to give an empathetic view of that. Mm-hmm. Um, gross. Yeah, I think that I was like, that kind of proved to me mm-hmm. that the main thing like sort of thrust around the book is uh quite problematic yeah. quite parasitic hey, if one might say it's hey. a bunch of people making money off of a, a latinx story right right um who are not latino right, right. and not latinas either right. and uh the woman who wrote it is she classified herself as white right. um very publicly a couple years ago and then now she's classifying herself as not white uh, because her grandmother is puerto rican um and she has said even in the book and even in press i wish someone browner than me wrote this but i but i guess i am gonna be the one to do it that's horrible and the thing is (laughs) many latino women have Right. written about this right. and have not been given seven-figure publishing Word. deals because Absolutely. they have been shut out of the industry because people right. are like, I don't want to hear this. Yeah, I don't want to hear this from you. Right. I don't like it. Um, so, yeah, the uh, it's very complicated because a lot of people are like, anybody can tell any story that they want. It's like, yes and no. Right. Because it's complicated. It's, you know, there are many women of color who are brilliant writers who do not get opportunities like that. Right. And if we're really suddenly hungering for a novel about this experience, why are we not going to them first? Right. Um, There's a woman that uh, is on Twitter that I began following. Let me look up her name. Mm -hmm. She's an author and she wrote a memoir that she self published Mm -hmm. after struggling for many, many years. Um, It was never published. She uh, tried to publish it, you know, um, and she was actually reached out to by said novelist oh. of American Dirt. Oh. And she said, yes, I've read your book. Yes, it was inspiring. Okay. This uh, this novelist? Yes. Okay. This other novelist. Okay. And she said, like, but uh, but to me, it's like... That's even more troubling sure. because that woman is not getting any of this sure. money that this woman right. or this fame that this woman is now getting oh, around mean, American Dirt. So the woman who the wrote American Dirt, Dirt reached out to a woman who is self-published oh, and, said and her own her story book. about her, oh, about her uh, experience see. as a Latina woman in the United States. Right. And I think it's called Excavation uh-huh. or something. Um, it was very troubling to read all of this, right. honestly. Um, at first, I was like a little bit like, oh, okay, so there's a lot going on because Oprah then picked it right. yeah, as, about as one of her book picks. And it was like, oh, okay, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everyone was sort of like, Oprah's messy and loves chaos because like, everybody <laughs> is like... I mean, probably. Is, everybody is so like, you know 
confused about what's going on with American Dirt. Everybody's kind of like, is I'm, this okay? Is I'm it not okay? Oprah, like in that scene in Mean Girls where Regina's standing at the top of the stairs with her arms crossed <laughs> and she's like throwing the pages yes, of the burn Yes, it is. A, like Oprah. people people have people have 100% <laughs> um, compared it to that. Yeah. And also uh, Janine Cummings is the writer of American Dirt. Uh, okay. She also got a manicure based on no. her quote unquote book jacket, but it has barbed wire on oh it. Oh my god! Yeah. Um. So a lot of people are are calling her out and saying that like there's sort of this like fetishization of right, right. um of a struggle that is very horrifying and yeah. people are dying. Right. <laughs> um. Cristela Alonso also came out and was like, "There's a book called American Dirt about a border crossing filled with harmful Mexican stereotypes that hurt rather than help the community." Oprah picked it for her book club. You want to see how authentic it is. These bar- barbed wire centerpieces were used for a, the party about it. Um, Yikes. And yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And from what I've seen of like excerpts, it also doesn't seem to be the like most well-written. No, I think it was, I don't know. Um, I think it was NPR book review did yeah. something on it and it was like scathing. It was just like, this book is not like, everything aside and this writer really Mm -hmm. did focus on the writing which was interesting but she was just like i just the writing was just bad the writing was bad the writing is not my favorite um there's a a woman who (laughs) who wrote an absolutely scathing review called Uh um marion gerba and um she is kind of all over twitter at the moment Mm -hmm. and she's got like a really strong voice and opinion yeah and she's like kind of hilarious but also like takes her the fuck down right and um she was reached out by like a huge uh a huge site to review it in the first place and then she submitted her review and they were like you're not a big enough name to do this harsher of a review essentially and they were like can you make it a little bit friendlier and she was like no Mm, and then she self-published it somewhere else Uh um so there's a lot of there's just a lot of like shutting down Latina voices around yeah. American dirt. Right. That is just, it's just unhealthy, I think. And I think it's just, it, it yeah, makes me yeah. not be able to recommend it or think that it's a good idea that anybody, For read sure. it. I don't know. I just think that like the labor politics around all of it yeah, is, yeah is so bad. And I'm still trying to look for this woman. I've been following. I just started following her on Twitter. Uh, she wrote Wendy C. Ortiz. Okay. Um, and she's Wendy C. Ortiz on Instagram. She wrote Excavation, a memoir in 2014. Okay. Um, she wrote a book called Bruja in 2016 mm. and Hollywood Notebook in uh, 2015 mm. and with a second edition in 2018. Okay. Um, yeah. So she has, she wrote that and it seems that some of her experiences were wow. lifted and then changed around. Right. Um, nobody wants to say the P word. That's the yeah. thing. Right. Nobody, you know, plagiarism is like the biggest, dirtiest, right. most interesting thing. Um, yeah. And I just think that this is a story. And oh, also the um, movie rights were already bought. Oh, for American Dirt were. before publishing. Of course they were. So, and it was bought by Clint Eastwood's company. Oh, no. Yeah. 
bad. God. Um, and she also like put in the forward that like she wanted to give voice to um, the faceless brown masses or something. Yeah, I heard horrifying about like that. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and There's here's a lot thing. of like. So when it first came out, all I had heard, hearing all that, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no. I mean, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm. I wasn't gonna read it before, to be honest. But yeah. before, I was kind of like, eh. All right, go in your corner, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I think. What what I came down on and I think what where I'm sort of my struggle personally and what I'm sort of working on coming to grips with is whether like I think there are are people ready on a mass scale to hear from certain voices. And I often feel like watching some of the prominent, you know, black and women of color people that I've worked with mm-hmm. It is sort of like you make this thing and then you're shut down. And it's kind of like, no, we don't want to hear that from you, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's very frustrating because it kind of just feels like, oh, no one really cares to hear it from my voice. There's clearly now a need for this story because this book is already like becoming a huge hit. Yeah. Like people are buying this book like crazy because Oprah recommended it and like famous people are endorsing it. And so it's like, this story is cl- there's clearly a want for this story. Sure. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I think the problem is, like you said earlier, it's just that the women, the women of color aren't going to get pushed like they're not going to get in front of Oprah in order to be picked for her book club, you know, yeah. which is frustrating. And I feel like there is such a line and it's, su- it's very there, sad yeah, that right this is that this. I mean, I think it's kind of sorry, white people like this woman is ruining it for you. Like, I think there is a lot of room to tell different stories and to give a platform, especially if you're in a position of power to other voices. That's great. You know, absolutely. Um, And that should be done. But it just sucks because then you get into people do this shit and put barbed wire on their nails and then it's yeah. like, okay, well, you can't do that, you know? You're and then making money and you're earning fame off of yeah. the absolute devastation exactly. of other people and right. of perpetuating stereotypes and of making exactly. something horrific more palatable, right. quote unquote, for like your average right. white person. The one thing it. I've heard is this, it's, it's for very, the white gaze. It's, it's very apolitical. Okay. Well, and there's there's just a lack of authenticity right. throughout. She's surprised at a lot of things that would be very natural for any Mexican person to know about your life. Like their your daily Mexican life, your daily Mexican culture. She's this main character is supposedly supposed to be Mexican, but she's surprised left, right and center right. about things that she shouldn't be surprised about if she's an authentic Mexican person. Um, and it's, so it's clearly like written as if a white person was there, but it's like, yeah, then write a story about a white person being in Mexico and being surprised by things right. and learning or something, you know? Right. Um, that's not what she wrote. No. What she wrote right. was, hi, I'm a, I'm a brown person and this is what's going on. And right. it's like, that, right. that's not true. That's not your experience. Right. Um, and therefore you are not writing it well. Yeah. You're not portraying it right well because it's you don't you're it's right what you know you're not writing what you know you don't know what it's like and you're clearly fucking it up yeah people of color are now coming forward and saying hey you're fucking it up um and i think that it's interesting it's important for people in the movie industry especially to pay attention to what's happening in the literary industry because definitely so many of our scripts and so many of our big movies come from right these manuscripts these novels right 
Um, and we're having the same conversation. We really are. We're all having this sort of conversation of who can tell what stories. Yeah. People getting really defensive around it, but also getting down to it for me, the bottom line is who the fuck is making money? Right. That's so true. Exactly. Is if a bunch of fucking white people are making money off right. of a black story, right? Okay, there might be black talent on camera, but if everybody else is white and getting a paycheck on it, right? That doesn't sit well with me. No, definitely. That feels fucked up. Right. And I think that we need to be thinking about that a lot more. These, you know, yeah, other people have written like Latina novels and they haven't gotten as far pushed. And <coughs> that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah. about the fact that this woman for this book got a seven figure deal. Yeah, exactly. And right. She was saying, I wish somebody else was who Browner than me would write it. It's been so written. find that's another novelist right. and really help introduce exactly. her to the publishing company. Right. Don't fucking I think that this is a huge issue with women. Yeah. Tell me if this is true with people of color, but from at least what our discussion about Tyler Perry, this yeah. idea of getting in the room and shutting the door behind you. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm yeah. so sick of it. hundred percent. I'm so angry, honestly at older women sometimes sure, absolutely. because it really feels like when I'm like, hi, I'm a young, hungry, creative. I would really love to learn from you. They go, mm. they, they're immediately oftentimes threatened by the fact that I'm young because youth is such a commodity right. in Hollywood. And I'm right. like, I can't help that I'm young. No. I just am. Yeah. And then they go like, go away. Right. Essentially that, right. Can, that continues to happen. And that's very annoying. And it's like this woman as a woman could have helped lift up another woman yeah. and told, help tell her story and given her a bigger platform and maybe co-written something even yeah. with somebody. Yeah. Definitely. But instead yeah. she took it all for said, herself. Right. And exactly. she took that seven figure deal and she put barbed wire on her nails. Right. And blocking actively a bunch of latina novelists on twitter right. who are critiquing her right right yeah that's fucked up i'd say yeah no definitely i mean an interesting parallel that's not as serious because mm -hmm. it was just not as serious but like one thing i've noticed in the past like year or two is the whole controversy with Nicki minaj mm -hmm. that as there's so many more female rappers coming into yeah. the game right now and it's great and mm -hmm. you're seeing more and more like before you'd never saw really female rappers collab with each other right. like a song with two or three female rappers featured on one track without any guys yeah that's crazy now it happens all the time right. and one thing Nicki Minaj was heavily criticized for by only black women black men did not notice um <laughs> they were like oh word and you're like yes yes, yes. <laughs> but like Jesus. but like um was that like, yo, like Nikki, you should do a track with Cardi yeah. without Migos having to be like, y'all should do a track together. Right. You should like be collabing. And she and she finally did with like Megan the Stallion, with Doja Cat, with mm -hmm. Rico Nasty. Like there's so many right. rappers that you should be collabing with as the queen of rap. Yeah. But instead, as soon as Cardi B started making money and kind of coming for her throne it was an immediate takedown and it was like yeah. her gossiping about cardi and like right. trying I, to start shit on I me mean, yeah. not written, beef isn't beef anymore because these people are wealthy but like yeah. start quote unquote beef <laughs> cardi was still still had that hood in her she was like i'll beat her up but like i know like, i'll beat your ass she, was wasn't, like, cardi, she wasn't familiar with no. the rich people beef right. she was still doing the bronx beef <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna throw my shoe at her. But like, it was a definitely a big thing where it felt like Nikki would, Nikki started shit with Trina. Nikki started shit with Cardi. Nikki starts shit with female rappers. She's trying to shut the door behind her. Exactly. Yeah. Because she was like, I'm the queen of rap. There's no one else. Whereas you get a lot of other young female rappers like Doja Cat, like right. Jungle Pussy, who were like, oh no, I want to, like Dreezy, were like, I want to collab with yeah. other, like Saweetie. Like, I want to collab yeah, with her. Sorry, She's up and coming. Like, like, yeah, I think that there's a, I don't know. I, I just saw a tweet actually about Doja Cat and they were like, this girl, she sounds just, she's got like Azealia Banks. Um, oh yeah, I saw, she's yeah. Like, it's like Azealia Banks and Nikki yeah. and that's it. That's all she's doing. She's just copying them or whatever. And I'm like, okay, because there are now more than one female yes, rapper, yes. <laughs> there can, they can have influences. Yeah, of course they can. Sorry. Yeah. That's cool. But that's like, good. We would should... Kendrick exist without Eminem? No, absolutely no. not. I mean, you know what I mean? Half Even of these, and that's, that's Jay Z and like, Nas. I mean, come on. Like weird, disparate one, but it's like if you think about the way that he is playing with beats and like really getting going to town with some of his like, yeah, I don't know, some of his verses. It's just like there are some parts of it. I'm like, oh, this kind of sounds like an old Eminem track. It's true. Yeah. And um, and, and it's they, like, what if she does sound like Nikki and Azalea? Yeah. Okay. So th- maybe those are her references and her right. idols and her icons i mean ariana grande would not be ariana grande without mariah that's Carey. true yes yeah sorry without, yeah. you know and she always is like and but i think it's maybe just like it's gonna be a change yeah. in in the game and in the culture of it all because yeah. i feel like it's more okay for ariana grande to go oh my idols are yeah. are mariah carey and celine dion and i right. grew up just trying to mimic them and right. now i'm doing that yeah. and I feel like if Doja Cat said, I grew up trying to mimic Nicki Minaj, oh, definitely. everyone would go like, kill it with fire. Yeah. You know, like, they would oh, it's be true, like, it's no, true. you can't say that. Yeah. Absolutely not. Put right. that away. Right. Put that comment in the fucking right. drawer it's true. and get away from it. I mean, it. talk about also closing the door behind you, Mariah Carey. Damn. Like, <laughs> another one. She like, is the not key, they, No, she's not. Yeah. Especially not of other women. Mm-hmm. Like, it happens in so many industries and it's so sad. It is. And it, you know, it's, it's really hard and it's, it's. You know what it is? It's fucking Mrs. Kim kicking. It's true. Yes. Housekeeper down yeah. the stairs. Yep. It's the idea of like, I can't be up here if you're here too. Yeah. Right. That's not true. It's not true at all. That's not true. Yeah. Um, my internet junk drawer is on a lighter note. Cool. But speaking of rap. Yeah. There's this guy. His name is Justin Bernardes. I found him on uh, Twitter and then on Instagram. He does these videos. Okay. So where it's like, uh, this one is like the one that he just posted is if Drake and DaBaby made a song together. And let me pull it up on my phone so I can play it. It's so good, too. It yeah, sounds it just like them. so good. So, okay, wait. Like if Drake and DaBaby made okay. a song together. First, we need a sound that DaBaby would use. Next, bring in the beat. <laughs> Next up, the lyrics. For this song, DaBaby's gonna go first. You heard that I'm up, I say, oh no. Watch me doing no wrong, that's a popo. Yeah, your boy, he alive, Pinocchio. Next up, Drake. Out of my way. Drizzy <laughs> DaBaby and they know our name. And next, the ad libs. Uh-huh. Let's go. Yeah. Huh. Mix the ad libs together. All right, let's hear it. You heard that I'm up, I say, oh no. Uh-huh. Watch me doing no wrong, that's a popo. Uh-huh. Put me a foot, it's a Tokyo. Yeah, your boy, he alive, Pinocchio. Today 
like it's so good it sounds just like them he has really fun he's a producer in his own right and but he does a lot of these videos he did like he does a bunch of different rappers he does like post malone drake uh his 21 savage impression is just really on point like (laughs) it's so good um highly recommended also support him in his own beats he makes beats so if you're looking for a beat like hit this guy up that's so funny yeah oh my god another really funny guy is caleb caleb here on 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 twitter he does like those front facing sort of comedy mm-hmm. videos like that everybody's doing or whatever uh-huh. but his are just really specific oh word caleb is c-a-l-e-b and then here on like here and then on okay um he does one that i am addicted to it's literally like my favorite tv show right now and <laughs> it's just him talking to the camera and it's like me like pov you're my coworker, and I'm telling you about the weekend I just spent with our other coworker, Jonathan. Oh, word. and he's like, okay, so, and he's like whispering, and he like, it's it's now a series of like eight parts or something, uh-huh. and he keeps getting like he keeps in the description of the videos puts up like descriptions of why you got interrupted and like where he is and where you are mm-hmm. and like what happened over this insane weekend. Uh-huh. It's so funny word recommend oh my god we'll check him out yeah well guys thanks for listening it's been real you can take all of these thoughts with you yeah today this has been the ridiculous people podcast yeah and you can follow me at alex shan a-l-u-x-s-h-a-n on twitter and instagram you can follow me at liviosa l-i-v-i-o-s-a-h and you can follow us as a show at a ridiculous pod on twitter and instagram do it come see the show next week if you're in new york and if you're not in new york travel to new york to come see the show she waits purplepath.com slash she waits yes (laughs) 